In other news, the COVID-19 vaccine rollout continues. We have been so shadowed away for so long, we do want a barbecue. We have a responsibility to be sensible, to follow the guidelines, and look for that light at the end of the tunnel. Hello, I'm Erin Davis, and welcome to Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, along with my co-host, Lloyd Hetherington. Every episode here on this virtual bench, we talk with people like Lloyd, and we hear from them and about life in Schlegel Village's long-term care and retirement homes, their stories, their experiences, their feelings, and their memories. Today, we turn our focus to COVID-19, And thank you for sharing in what we consider an important and timely discussion. Lloyd, it's nice to connect with you again. Oh, it's good to sit on the green bench. It really is a great experience to sit there. And the lovely people that join us, it's just marvelous. It really is. But, you know, I have felt a little out of sync with the world as we've been talking over the last several episodes because, of course, the main concern, the main headline, everything that is dominating our lives has to do with COVID. And I know you're like me. You're a glass-half-full person, and we do remember that that glass can always be refilled. But sometimes this sunlight that we're enjoying on the bench can prove a very effective disinfectant as well. And there's been a lot of things, misinformation that's been out there, miscommunication, or just conceptions that people have surrounding COVID, and even in our own homes at Schlegel Villages and Long-Term Care. And today we get to shed some sunlight on that in the most positive and best ways. And I'm so grateful you're here today as an insider to help us to do that. So thank you, Lloyd, always for your perspective and your sunshine. Well, you're more than welcome. I know that COVID is a theme that we've heard so often, and it's so twisted and so perverted. No one seems to get the story straight. The fiction seems far greater than the facts. So it'd be great to talk to our guests today to get their perspectives as well. Absolutely. And the village at St. Clair is one place that has garnered a lot of newsprint or words online. So we thought, well, why don't we just go in, meet someone who's not just a resident, but you could almost say that she's taken such an active role in her community that she's like the mayor, as her own father was of Windsor in England. So we would like to welcome Kay Brown, a long-term care resident, to the Elder Wisdom Green Bench. Kay, have a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so can you take us through your story? You're a relatively young resident of the village of St. Clair. And what is your role there, and what has been your experience? I'm the president of the Residence Council of Shagel Villages, St. Clair. And as I mentioned, and I know that Lloyd is interested in this too, you do come by it honestly, because your father was the mayor in Windsor, which means he must have rubbed shoulders, if that was allowed, with all kinds of royalty. 
Yes, I have, and I met the late Prince Philip, too, twice. That would be quite an experience, wouldn't it? How did that happen? Well, you see, there was a lot of uh, things that happened in our town, and uh, where the Queen and the family come down to, like our Royal Windsor Horse Show, was very popular. And I haven't been home for, since 2006, so I still think it's popular because I was reading an article where the Queen was, and she was there, so it, it brought back lots of lovely memories. Wonderful. We also have with us Jeff Studman, who is a personal service worker at the village of St. Clair. And uh, I'm sure that your paths, Kay and Jeff, have crossed before we got together for today's chat on the bench. Would that be a correct assumption? Yes, yes. for sure. First, I want to say thank you guys so much for having me today. Well, it's our pleasure because you both come to this not only with lifetimes of experience, especially Kay and other areas of her life, but as life with COVID and there at your home have been experienced. Now, Jeff, you work there. Kay, you live there. And both of you... Yes, and I had COVID. Yes, both of you have contracted COVID. So tell us about your story. First off, are you okay now? I'm fine now. I Good. Um, I caught COVID in uh, late uh, November, beginning of December uh, last year. Um, I didn't think I had it, but I wasn't feeling well. I was feeling very, very tired, and I couldn't understand why. And I thought it was just a, um, a bug going around. And they examined me, and they took a swab, and they came back and told me I had COVID, which was quite a shock. And then I got very, very sick, extremely sick. I wouldn't drink or anything. But my staff on Harrow, they really did a wonderful job of encouraging me to drink. And the doctor really wanted me to go to the hospital. And I had no intention of going to any hospital. I was home in Shagel Villages. I had a nice room on Harrow. And I felt I was safe there. I didn't want to go to the hospital because I didn't know what else I might catch. Mm. Yeah. Because it was breaking out in the city. And I lost a dear friend. Uh, she was a, a painter, but she also lived on my floor. And Jenny and I knew each other since 2014 when we first came to, to Schlegel. And um, it, it was uh, very, very nice. And I also know Jeff's wife very well because she's also a personal support worker, Amanda. And she has three lovely children now. Yeah, Jeff, you were working there when the COVID infection came to the home, but you also came down with it as well. Can you tell me a bit about your experience? Yeah, I've had a I've had a very pleasant experience through the COVID process. Unfortunately, I did come to work one morning, and I got at the very front door when they were taking the temperatures of the staff. I had a, a slight fever, so they asked me to get a swab on my on my way out. A couple of days later, I found out that I was positive. And uh, the support from the staff and from the management was uh, was unbelievable. I got uh, messages and phone calls on a regular basis. I had uh, neighborhood coordinators calling me to ask if they could do anything for us, if they can get us anything. But I was in a hurry to get back to the village. I knew that the village was kind of working under short conditions, and I was excited and anxious to get back to it. I feel a very uh, family-like home-like feel when I'm at work. 
I've uh, I've met my wife through uh, PSW. I've met some of my best friends at Schlegel Villages. So I uh, my experience when I came back was uh, everyone was working hard. Everybody was working tirelessly together, trying to give the neighbors what they needed and to reach all of their uh, individual needs. I've never seen so much management on the neighborhoods helping out, so much uh, support from the top. So in my own personal opinion, from neighbors all the way to the top management, we're all working together. Jeff, I like the themes that are coming through from both you and Kay. First of all, the caring atmosphere, the people just genuinely were interested in the team members, in the residents. I like the way Kay stressed that she was at home there, that that was her home and she felt that she belonged. And both of you are giving the impression that it's a very safe place for you, that you're looked after, they watch out, they monitor, they really care. And I think that's beautiful to see a standard like that because that is the level of caring that is found in all of the Schlegel villages. They treat us as more than people to be warehoused. We are family members looked after by a team of caring people, and our interests are, are really looked after all of the time. And thank you for confirming that. You bring something up, Lloyd, that I think is a very common misconception, and so much of it has to do with the five-second clips we see on the nightly news, that long-term care residents, that seniors, super seniors, are simply being warehoused in God's waiting room. And yet, as we're hearing from Kay and from Jeff, it is a different picture that's being painted here. So let's paint that in some more vivid colors. Jeff, do you feel like St. Clair did everything possible to keep everyone safe, quite apart from maintaining that family atmosphere of which you speak, which is so, so important. What about the nuts and bolts and the care to make sure that people weren't infected? I feel like the village, from from leadership to the top, I feel like they did everything that they could have done. I think that uh, everybody was learning about COVID uh, through the news and through the government guidelines, the CDC. I think that uh, they, they followed us closely, and if not, uh, they went above and beyond what they had to do. I felt like uh, checking the temperatures in the mornings, to uh, asking everyone if they were, how they were doing, to checking on the neighbors throughout the day, to giving us the proper PPE, to giving us the masks and anything else that we would need. If anybody had any fevers or anything, they would give us full gowns to use. I feel like they did everything they could from the contamination portion of it you know, cross-contamination portion. I think they did everything they could do. Okay, now what is your role? You have sort of an official role within your residence. Tell us about that. And were you the person that other residents came to with their concerns and observations? What was your role? My role continues to be president of the residence council, and mm-hmm. I plan to do a lot for my residents after COVID. We can't all dwell on what happened last November, December. We've got to think of the, what's going to happen now. We've got to make the, make the village more acceptable for, and comfortable for our residents, which is a very important role. And I've also planned... We've planned a healing garden to be built in our front part of our building 
and we're going to do that in memory of most of our residents that have passed away through culvert. And we, we think it's uh, very special to have a healing garden out there rather than a memorial garden because there's going to be so many memorial gardens going round. We want it to be a happy place and a, a nice place to remember our friends. I remember the beautiful English gardens when I visited Windsor so many years ago. And I'm sure that Kay has a vision for a beautiful garden a memorial garden so that people can feel the healing and the natural process of uh, becoming reconciled with themselves and with nature. Maybe Kay has something to share about that vision. Yes, I plan to plant um, a tree in memory of St. Clair residents that we have lost. And I'm also going to plant a tree in memory of what Hotel Dew has done for us in the pandemic because it's very important they be congratulated for the time they gave us. Kay, do you have any kind of tree in mind? I don't. I believe the garden architect is uh, going to do uh, another design. We're having a circular garden and we're going to have stones around the edge so people, as well as a bench. And we're going to also um, put plants in that are going to look really colourful and some for the spring, some for the summer and some for our fall and even some that will look nice in the winter. As Lloyd said, I love English gardens so it will be something similar but roses don't grow very well in Windsor no. unfortunately here mm. so we're going to look for other flowers and maybe a butterfly bush to attract the butterflies. Oh. Lovely. Hey, Lloyd, do you have any suggestions of what color that bench might be? Well, maybe green. <laughs> yeah, good answer. I thought. Well, you better go and speak to the architect. Oh. <laughs> well, you tell him it's got to be green so Lloyd and I can come and do a podcast there in person one day. Exactly. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> okay, you'll certainly make it happen because of your rich tradition. The English country gardens are just so outstanding. So I, I look forward to seeing pictures of it in due course. I hope you will come and look at it, not just pictures. I would, I would love to do that. Uh, I also am the president of the Residence Council, so you could give me a few pointers. I, I could sure <laughs> learn from that. Thank you. Kate, the other thing I like is the pronouns you're using. Our residents, my residents, you really care for them. And that is so, so important. Yes, I do. The caring attitude is so essential in leadership. And Kay, you're doing an excellent job that way. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. When Bryce came back from Windsor, he sang your praises so often to me, I thought, I've got to go and take lessons from this fine lady to find out what she is doing. So I I'm only copying what my father ever did when he was on council in England. I suppose I just... It's in the genes. <laughs> <laughs> or the bloomers, as the case may be. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And Lloyd, who is the Bryce of whom you speak? Yeah, Bryce, the manager, actually went down and uh, gave it a couple of weeks there when they were so short of staff. He just is the type of person that plunged in and be on duty 24 hours a day there. But during that time, he's a people person and... Uh, he got to hearing about some of the people and getting to know them. 
And do you know that he actually had Kate do a radio broadcast for a radio station here in Guelph? Just uh, talking about her experience. That's so positive, Kay, that you actually talked the talk and you went to the media yourself because you have expressed great disappointment in the way that the village of St. Clair was portrayed, especially late in the fall and around Christmas time. What message did you want to impart to people who would listen to you as an insider and someone who had somewhat of a managerial role in terms of being the voice of the residents? Well, we got in contact with, well, Bill Morrow of uh, Hotel Dew at Windsor Hospital here, who came and helped us, in, and really, he's really come out to really help the, the residents here, and the staff, and the, the staff from the Hotel Dew were absolutely wonderful with us. It was so much so that we really did enjoy having them here. And Bill Morrow came into my room, and I have a picture of my late husband on my dresser, and he knew my late husband, and we got talking about old times, and then he said, would you do an interview for the Windsor Star to let them know what um, the village is all about? And I said I would. And Anne Jarvis, who is the chief writer on the Star, she interviewed me over the phone, and then she sent a photographer in to take pictures through my window, so they had some idea who I was. And that was a great interview. Thank you very much. You talked about Hotel Dieu, and I'd like Jeff's perspective on this, if we could here, because uh, this was really a fine example of the community coming together and everybody offering their best resources. Jeff, as a personal service worker at uh, the village of St. Clair, tell us about that partnership with the hospital, would you? Yeah, after I uh, came back to work, when I was healthy again, I came back to a, a lot of Hotel Du Grace staff and agency staff that were helping throughout the village. I found that the camaraderie as I came back it was so positive. I found that they were working so well with our team that we've already had. And you couldn't even tell who was who was from agency and who was from the village. Everyone blended together so well. And there's, there's such a big helping hand in what got us through this whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we owe them a huge thank you. Yeah, and we do want to take this moment to thank everyone who helped when the Windsor-Essex community was in an outbreak and many long-term care homes went into outbreak. People came to help, and Hotel Dieu's support cannot be understated. We can talk about what we want people to know about St. Clair and set the record straight. I think that perhaps Kay has done so with her Windsor Star article. Jeff, is there anything in addition to what Kay said in the Windsor Star If you had a chance, if you had a platform, which you do right now, for a message that you would like to get out to those people who are still holding on to misconceptions. I would say that if people were were scared to come to work uh, during this pandemic, I would say not to be. I would say that if you come here with a can-do attitude and you want to work in a team atmosphere, that this this is the safest place that you could be. Uh, So many of the neighbors, if not almost all of the neighbors, have been vaccinated. So many of the staff have been vaccinated. Uh, if not, uh, most people are almost on their second shots now. I mm. think that this is the safest place you could possibly go to right now. 
And I mm-hmm. think that it's a, such a family atmosphere that it gets you. Uh, people aren't as scared to be here. People are having fun again. People are back to the normal way of life now at the village. And now that you do have this platform, tell us how it felt, not as someone who is a personal service worker, but as a person, Jeff, to have gone through what you went through and then to read the barrage of negativity that was surrounding you in the media. How did that affect you? I felt like through uh, all of COVID, that that's all I was seeing was uh, was negativity, where so many people not wanting to listen to the guidelines or not want to follow any protocols. It was just hard. It was just hard for me to go home and turn on the news and hear what they were saying about about nursing homes in general, especially uh, St. Clair. When I felt like everybody was trying their best, when from the management to all the workers to any department, everybody was trying their best to keep everybody's safe, but it was like they were taking it away from us, saying that we were doing a poor job, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like everybody was trying their best. It's just a very contagious virus. It, it hits so quickly. And as soon as we did find out that uh, that certain neighborhoods were having it, we were taking extreme protocols to keep the numbers down. We, I felt like we did everything that we possibly could, but the media wasn't portraying it that way. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there are the people who I gently call COVIDiots who, you know, say that, oh, it's just the flu or you have to be old to get this or whatever. How old are you, Jeff? I'm 32. You're 32. So I don't even know what you say to people. You just, how do you close that out? Some people just have this uh, spectrum that this is uh, all a, a conspiracy. I have mm. my sister-in-law says the same thing, and I sometimes I feel, you are so stupid. <laughs> I know. It's not bringing out the best in us, but it's just, oh, my gosh. This is all in our imagination. Well, I, mm. if, if one day you're fine, and the next day you're knocked down with a roller coaster. Yes, and a hoax did not kill your best friend. No, it did not. Right. I'm envious listening to you, Jeff, and that's because my dad's in a residence in another province, and COVID has just had its first cases there. Imagine that this far in, and they're all locked in and feeling so isolated and so alone. And I know that he's pining for that human contact and that family feel that we as his four daughters certainly can't give him. So as I say, I'm envious of that. And um, if anybody can be fortunate in such dire times as we live. This sounds like the best case scenario to me, and I think that Kay could speak to that as to whether I'm putting too rosy a glow on it here. No, you're not. We lost 11 people in one week, Mm. uh, which were friends and associates that I knew very, very well. But uh, when you lose your best friend, that's quite a shock. And you're ill yourself and you can't say goodbye. That's very hard. But I pulled myself together, and I think the healing garden is in memory of my darling friend, Jenny. Mm-hmm. And Jeff knew Jenny as well, so Jenny was quite a, a character on, in the neighborhood. Can I share a quote with you? With Noah's on the ark, his children were complaining about the smell. 
And Noah said to them, the smell may be bad inside, but the storm outside is so much worse. So we have to accept the fact that uh, we're going through a rough time now, but the storm outside is so, so much worse. So you're doing a good job making the best of it. But what were some of the memories you have from the pre-COVID days when every, everyone could come in, there were entertainers, there were action, there was movement? We, I had a good friend. Uh, my good friend would come and bring coffee from Timmy's and would sit and have coffee and a, a good chat. Um, I ring her twice a day now, so we still keep in contact, but we are missing. We miss the contact with your friends and your family, especially at holiday times and in uh, special occasions like birthdays. Some might be married and have husbands and anniversaries. So it is really, really important that we keep those contacts going. Now, my son and my daughter-in-law come in about once a week and they have taken all the exams so they can... My son works as a security guard at Leamington Hospital and my daughter works at the Mennonite home as a PSW like Jeff. So it's a we're a family of medical people. <laughs> and Jeff, how about you? What are you looking forward to in the aftertimes? And We'll talk about Kay's plans in addition to this beautiful memorial garden, but uh, I, I know that you're looking forward to, you know, playing games and enjoying the fine, fine weather and that sort of thing. Give us a, a glimpse of what your hope photograph looks like right now. So before the COVID virus was in here and they had to shut down the activities, yeah. I would do a lot of uh, taking neighbors and some of my team as well, we would take the neighbors on bike rides, take them for a walk outside to St. Clair College and get a coffee. Spend time with uh, more than one neighbor at a time and get to do group activities. And I can't wait to start seeing that again. One thing, one thing that I miss dearly is just having music on the neighborhoods where everyone gets together. Everybody's in a good mood. Everyone feels like you can just feel the friendship and the family vibe. That's probably what I miss the most so far. Mm-hmm. And those thoughts, those hopes are all part of healing too, aren't they? Yeah, well, I, I think that we're getting closer. I think now that the vaccination uh, has gone through, I, I'm, I'm getting that feeling of normalcy again. I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Hmm. Have, you, have you talked with any family members who have been considering that maybe residents, they should move their family members out of long-term care, out of fear? And if you have, Jeff, what's been your advice to them? And I'll be interested in Kay's answer on this too, if she would after. Well, I'll tell you, the only family that I talk to are the ones that have been around for quite a while, and all of them are happy to have their, fa their family member, mothers and fathers here. I've had them constantly tell us that they can't believe how well we do through the circumstances and that they wouldn't be able to do what we do. And Kay, if you have any words of wisdom or, uh, you know, what you would tell family members who are considering. I would tell you what I told my son. I'm not moving. I'm quite happy here. This is my home. And one of his friends rang him up and said, you better pull your mother out of there. She's going to really be ill. She's going to die. And the funny thing was, a few months later, his own mother went to the hospital and caught COVID and she did die. Oh. But I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. I'm still here. So I believe Shagel is the safest place in Windsor. 
I know that I feel safer here at Riverside Glen than anywhere else. When we had an outbreak a while ago, my daughter wanted me to move in with her, and all of a sudden I realized the horror that there would be no activity director, there would be no nurse with medicines, there would be scrounging for meals, and there would be the daily checks and temperature and so on. I said, no way, I'm staying where I'm safe and secure and happy. I agree with you entirely. And to that happiness, as we talked about the hope moving into the future, I love, Kay, that in addition to the garden, the memorial garden that you've got planned, with a plaque thanking Hotel Dieu to be included, you also want to throw a little party. We want a party. We have been so shut away for so long. We do want a barbecue. We want everyone to come and enjoy the garden and see what we have done with after COVID. I love that concept of the party. Chocolate cake, ice cream, hamburgers. Yes, you name it, we'll have it. Yeah. I'll see if Bryce can let me go down. (laughs) (laughs) We'll bring Bryce with you. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Any last words of wisdom or advice to share with our listeners? And Kay, we'd invite you to go first. Um, My advice is stay. If you're in a Schlegel home, you're safe. They go out of their way to make the home safe. And the staff are wonderful. They're like friends. They're not staff members. They're very dear friends. Mm -hmm. Kay, we live in cynical times. You're not being compensated or getting a discount or anything for taking part in this with us today, are you? No, I'm not. It's of my free will. (laughs) Okay, that's good because, you know, as former media, I tend to look at things and go, okay, but, and thank you, thank you. I just wanted to make sure because everything we are talking about, bringing everything out into the sunlight today. So, Jeff, do you have any words of wisdom or advice that you'd like to share with everyone listening today? Yeah, well, I would. Uh, my advice is is to get vaccinated. Let's get back to normal. We all have to do our part. We got to wear our masks. We got to stay socially distanced. We got to get vaccinated, and let's get back to normal. Lloyd, you had a wonderful quote in there about Noah's Ark, and I'm reminded right now about something that I read and reposted the other day, that if it was our parents and grandparents who were being asked to make these sacrifices, and really a vaccination and a mask, what kind of sacrifices are those compared to bayonets and gas masks? But if that group were asked to make the same sacrifices to save their children and grandchildren, they would do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. The tragedy is we live in the we generation where it's my rights, my privileges, it's a me, me, me generation. And life is not like that. We live for others. And as we give of ourselves to others, it comes back in so many, many ways. I don't need to look out for my rights because I've got a whole group around me that do that for me. So I recognize that we have a responsibility to be sensible, to follow the guidelines, and look for that light at the end of the tunnel. It's a bit distant right now, and we wonder when they would come into the full light. Let me give you an illustration. The doctor was asked the other day, when will this pandemic ever end? His response was, don't ask me. I'm only the doctor. Ask the politicians. Mm. Yeah, and you being a glass half full person, 
and the glass is always refillable. It's kind of like we're not so different. Everyone wants to get out of this. The difference is we're not rallying in the public square without masks. I mean, listen to Kay. Everybody just wants to party and see the end of this. We're all the same. And back to Noah, we're in the same boat. So let's navigate these stormy waters together. And thank you. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Jeff, so much for helping us today to shed a light and warm this green bench. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for sharing in our discussion today on behalf of Lloyd Hetherington and all of us who so lovingly put together this podcast for you. I also want to thank you sincerely for sharing this podcast with others by going to elderwisdom.ca. And hopefully while you're there, you'll fill out the Elder Wisdom Pledge as we all have. But I also want to congratulate our entire team, everyone who makes these virtual and sometimes challenging podcasts possible, on achieving in April of this year 10,000 downloads of this podcast after just six months of sharing these conversations. So from the bottom of our hearts, we wish you good health, a safe and peaceful day. And for me, Aaron Davis, a reminder in the words of Nelson Mandela that it always seems impossible until it is done, as we are here for today. Remember, too, that your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.